Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Championship Saturday in Miami. Four weeks of heart-pounding hardcore tennis from the Sunshine Double reaching its crescendo as we welcome you to Tennis Channel Live at the 2023 Miami Open presented on Tennis Channel by Conrad Hotels. Working our way towards the women's singles final at the top of the hour, a battle between Wimbledon champions Petra Kvitova, two times over at SW19, and Elena Rabakina, who won it last year, now trying to complete that sunshine double. That is the backdrop as we say good afternoon to you. Welcome to TC Live at Hard Rock Stadium on a gorgeous Saturday for tennis. So glad you are with us with Prakash Amitraj and former world number one Caroline Wozniacki. I'm Brett Haber. We are going to show you the trophy presentation for the doubles champions, Roger Vasilan and Santiago Gonzalez, when they lift it in a couple of minutes. But we are very excited about this women's final coming up. Uh, let's get a first blush on it. Caroline, who do you think has got the edge in this one and why? Uh, if I if I had to put my finger on it, I would say I think Rybakina has just a slight edge. We're playing in the middle of the day. She has the confidence from winning last week. And then being in the finals here, I feel like Kvitova has never been a fan of playing in the heat with the humidity. So both playing hard-hitting tennis, but I would say Kvitova, uh, I would say Rybakina, just slight edge. That's a great point, Carol. It is heating up a little bit today. And, and you can't underestimate just being able to put in so many wins on the board. You just find yourself making the right decisions at the right times. And I just think also... With the wingspan that she has, she's going to be able to get her hands on a lot more of Kvitova serves, and I like her a little bit better from the baseline. All right, Kvitova dropped just one set en route to the final. Rabakina did drop two. Let's show you how they got to this championship match, starting with Rabakina. Semifinal was against the world number three and top-ranked American Jesse Pagula. They had played in Guadalajara last fall with Pagula saving match points and coming back to win. P. Elena would turn the tables this time. She would. Jess got off to a great start here. It was really seesaw for a little while. Jess got up. Two love. She was up 5-3. Served again for the set at 6-5. Wasn't quite able to do it. Rabakina served really well all the way through. Managed to fire 11 aces all the way throughout. But just on the big points, she was a bit more solid, just a bit more stable. Second set, though, just got off to a great start. Again, they had to deal with a ton of rain delays. Went late into the night. Never easy to play when your rhythm is being disrupted. But even after that break, just came back. Got a 3-love in that second set. Just wasn't able to capitalize. Even against a player like Rubakina, who's playing so well, just really hugged that baseline, did the best she could to stay offensive herself, but just a bit too much power from Rubakina. And that's a reaction that we've seen from a lot of players. So frustrating to be able to take on the current Wimby champ. She just has so much in her artillery, and it was just a little bit too good at the end of the day. 21st win of the year for Rabakina, her fourth against a top 10 opponent as she makes her third final already in this young season. So that's how Rabakina got here. What about Kvitova? She played her semi against Serana Kirstea, who had knocked out Arena Sabalenka in the previous round. She led 5-2 in this opening set, had some set points, Caro, and then what happened? She did. These two players have played um, each other quite a few times. It was some hard-hitting tennis. It was Kirstea who came out 
firing to start off with and she just got a little nervous when she had set points and didn't really play her game tried to push the ball in and then Kvitova just had some great defense and when it came down to it she was the one who hit through the ball more you could see how much this meant to her and at 6-5 she got the first set right here just a few too many unforced errors from the forehand side there from Kirstea to lose the first set and then Kvitova here immediately got the break to start the second set. You can see Kvitova is not comfortable really playing the defense, but still went from defense to offense and started firing from really both wings, backhands and forehands, started playing better on the serve, used that out wide serve really well in the whole match and won the second set. So Kvitova makes her 41st career final and afterwards had a rather spirited exchange with Prakash about the final. Cannot wait for the final. It is going to be a big hitting affair. What are your thoughts on taking on uh, Miss Rubakina? I can imagine you can wait for sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's going to be a blast for us. You know, you, you're going to be battling on the court. It'll be very fun thank for you. Us. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Again, right? So I'm going to do the work and you're going to watch. Uh, well, um, no, it will be great match, definitely. We played two times already. It's 1 1. Um, Yelena is playing amazing she's on fire get good form what i can say just have to serve it very well yeah. try to play aggressive i mean we will see i think it will be about a few points uh, we're going to get to the lip that she threw at Prakash in a second, <laughs> but first here's the head-to-head -head between them two previous meetings. Kvitova won when they played this January in Adelaide. Ironically, Rabakina won last year when they played on Czech soil in Ostrava. I'm not sure I've seen anybody give it back to you like that worldwide. L listen, I, I wasn't expecting it, but looking at it from a tennis perspective, if you're that relaxed going into such a big match in the final, that's got to mean pretty good things for your tennis, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think she's feeling comfortable. She's playing really good tennis, and yeah. uh, I like that she gave it back she to me. She gave it back to me, Carol, you know, and right here on set. <laughs> on a serious note, uh, Kvitova turned 33 a couple of weeks ago. There were some rumblings last year when the rankings started to drop outside of the top 30 that maybe she was thinking about bringing her beautiful career to an end. Obviously, we're very glad that she didn't do that. Uh, P, what have you been seeing from Kvitova that sort of indicates that she's starting to click again? Well, I, I love seeing the emotion that she's showing on the court. Even at this stage, she's accomplished so much, but she really wants to get back to that the highest levels of the game, being able to win these 1,000-level events, being able to compete for those grand slams, and you can see the passion, and I think that's the biggest, biggest issue when you've achieved so much. I agree with that. I think her passion is really back. You can see the fire, the come-ons, and she's just been playing much more steady as well. I feel like she's gotten in better shape, and she's willing to stay in the rallies. Kvitova working on what would be her third 30th title, only one active player has more, and that's Venus Williams with 49. So this would be a nice round number for her to get to as she continues to burnish her already Hall of Fame career. Rabakina is uh, number seven at the moment. Of course, she'd be higher if she had gotten points for the Wimbledon title that she won last summer. Where do you believe she is in the, we'll call them the real rankings in women's tennis? Is she the third best player in the world after Sviantec and Sabalenka? Is she the second best player in the world? I think that's a good, that's a good question. I think on her best days, I think she's the best player in the world. Wow. I think she's hitting the ball super hard. She can serve in any direction. She seems to have calmed down in big moments. She's not afraid to go for her shots. And she's also able to stay in the rally. She's so consistent from the baseline. I find it hard to see how are you going to beat her when she's on fire?
Right. When, you, when you talk about that serve that Kara was talking about, that kind of puts her in a little bit of a different category. When she's firing on all cylinders, certainly that tier one that seems to be at the top, the three that you mentioned, but being able to hit all four spots on the court and be able to have the kind of power that drives through a court as slow as Indian Wells, but still she has enough preparation to be able to deliver those same shots here. So versatile with that power, and, and she's moving better, looking better at the net. Tough combination. Hi. We're uh, very excited to see the final. Prakash admits that he was tantalized. We will all be at the top of the hour Can't blame when me. Rabakna <laughs> and Kvitova come your way. We'll take a break. When we come back, because the tennis never ends, we'll be joined by Charleston Tournament Director Bob Moran. He's there on Skype, already busy with qualifying underway. We'll be back on TC Live in just a moment. TC Live at the Miami Open is presented by Conrad Hotels and Resorts. Discover ConradHotels.com. Looking ahead to Charleston starting on Monday, we've still got a final to play today between Rabakina and Kvitova. That is coming up top of the hour. Don't go anywhere. Of course, the road to Roland Garros starts in 48 hours on the green clay on Daniel Island. We're very pleased to have our good friend, the tournament director at Charleston, Bob Moran, on with us via Skype. A busy day as the qualities get going. Good to see you, Bob. Can't wait to be there. Uh, are you ready for the Tennis Channel squad to descend on the low country? <laughs> the, the, Bob Wiley's here, so yes, everybody's here. We're ready to go. Yes, sir. Uh, Bob, uh, Sabalenka pulled out, and, and that was a bit of a bummer for the tournament, but you have an exceptional field over there. How excited are you for the whole field? Now we're really excited. It's, you know, we, we pride ourselves not on just that, that top 10, top 20. We pride ourselves on a really deep field, and, you know, to have 42 of the top 80, 90 in the world, that's really important to us. First, you know, first ball to last ball, they're going to be great matches. So it's a deep field. It's a strong field, so it should be great tennis. And Bob, Alina Svitolina is coming back um, after less than six months after having her baby girl. How did Charleston come about that that's where she's going to start? And what was the process like to get her to come to the tournament? No, it was, you know, it's really exciting for us. Um, Caro, as you know, we're, we're a family event. And uh, um, having Alina come back after having a baby is, is important to be part of that WTA family. And we really pride ourselves on that um, but she came to us and said she, she wanted to make a comeback on the tour and um, we were more than happy to do that we're doing a little um, fundraiser for Ukraine relief and a pro-am that she's hosting with me um, so we're really trying to bring a lot to her return to tennis she looks great I saw her out hitting today um, so she's excited to be here we're excited to have her here is, is there a special crash nursery set up? Uh, any strollers with sort of snow tires to get through the green clay that you've uh, set up for her? We we always uh, we always have high chairs and car seats at our beck and call for this event. Trust me. Exciting things happening with the company that, that you work for uh, with Ben Navarro at uh, at the helm. Obviously, since we were last with you a year ago. The company has now taken over uh, ownership of the Cincinnati tournament as well. How has that changed the profile? And I also know there's been a bit of a reorg that uh, involves you stepping up at both tournaments. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, no, sure. It, we're, we're excited. It's such a wonderful event in Cincinnati. Um, you know, the USTA was looking to do something different. It was an opportunity for, for our ownership team uh, to, to have a bigger play in tennis, which owning a a 1,000 level men's and women's combined event is that, you know, that's the pinnacle and being one of those top, what I would call nine or 10 events in the world is important. 
Um, for me, I'm really excited about the opportunity. We, we do wonderful things and have a great team here in Charleston. But I've always said for a long time, if there was a team I wanted to work with, it was in Cincinnati. They do a great job. They have the same type of work ethic. They want to put the best, pro, you know, the best product out there. So uh, we're excited what we can do, how we can help, how we can elevate. Um, we keep getting better here, and, and we think we can do some great things in Cincy as well. And with Todd Martin on board, that, that's a lot of brain power between you and him and the entire team at both tournaments. Just really quick, uh, curious what celebrations you have planned this year in Charleston for the 12th anniversary of Caroline Wozniacki's title there. Yeah. Wow. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Caroline, they got you with that. They did. I did not see that coming, but yeah, I always love playing in Charleston and uh, have had so many great results there. I was a baby. Baby Carol. Baby Carol. <laughs> she, 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 she went into the Orange Bowl Hall of Fame here in Miami this week. Is there a Charleston Hall of Fame that we can put her in, Bob? I think I'm going to have to start one just because of that right now. <laughs> we always come up with good ideas yeah. uh, on short notice. Yeah, well, these are the positive ones. I love to see this. I need to hang out with you guys more often. Listen, uh, thank. we know there's a busy day for you. Quali's already underway on the green clay. Thanks for carving out some time for us. It's one of our favorite weeks of the year. We can't wait to be with you starting on Monday. We love Tennis Channel coming in, and uh, I appreciate the time you guys are taking today. So thanks so much. Bob Moran in Charleston will have coverage there starting on Monday morning. Women's final here in Miami is on the way. Top of the hour, Rabakina and Kvitova. More to come on TC Live. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Less than 15 minutes away from the women's final in Miami. Both combatants, Wimbledon champions, Kvitova 2011-2014, Rabakina 2022, trying to complete the Sunshine Double. So, where were you last night when Alcaraz and Sinner played in this building? An instant classic, Prakash. If this is the future of men's tennis, it would appear to be in good hands. I, I, I like to think so. Hey, let me tell you, I was watching it from our monitors here, and then uh, it just looked like a video game. So I said, I have got to get out there. I mean, check out this point. This might have been the greatest point we, we have ever seen. Everyone was tweeting it on social media. Love to see that beautiful emotion from Sinner as well, getting the crowd involved. Jimmy Butler, Luka Doncic, so many celebrities were in the house as well. The movement, the ball striking, the positive attitude from both these players just made for one of the most exciting first sets you've ever seen. Amazing that Alcaraz was able to come back because at one point he said the way Sinner was playing up 4-1 in that first set, he said he seemed unbeatable. 
But the second set, even though Alcaraz was so close to being able to take it, he had a couple break points, 4-3 up with a chance to serve things out. Wasn't able to do it, overcooked a forehand cross court. Center comes back, wins that second set. Now, Alcaraz took a break after that second set of go changes closed. And he said that little break was the time that he started cramping up a bit. And in that early goings, when he came back, couldn't quite serve, couldn't quite move. And only when the fluids kicked in, it was too late. Sinner just playing too good. So Sinner makes his second career Masters 1000 final. Both guys talked afterwards about that magical point in the first set that went viral. Yeah, I remember that, that point. It was an unbelievable point. Uh, I know I, when I lost that, that point, uh, the, the first thing that uh, came to my mind is like, it's unbeatable, this guy. It was a physical point for sure. Um, I tried this shot because firstly I wanted to to lob him, but the ball was too too low, and uh, so I went cross court, which was the the right choice. But still, it was a very physical point. I lost the game after that one. Um, but yeah, uh, as I say, you you always need two players to make this this kind of this kind of points. You know, we we played a, a great game. I think both great level. Uh, I break serve in uh, at that game if I remember well. But of course, uh, against Janik is always great points like like this one. So we don't want to get too wrapped up in the moment because we have a tendency in sports to make the latest thing the greatest thing. So while keeping ourselves in check, Rafa and Novak have played some pretty amazing points. Am I getting too far out over my skis <laughs> to get as excited about this young rivalry as we all seem to be getting, Kara? No, I've always been a big fan of both of these players. I mean, the ball striking that there, there was last night, the ball just sounds different when you hear it close to the court. I mean, those are bombs coming off both rackets. They're both extremely fast. You think the ball is over, the point is over multiple times, and somehow they still manage to go defense, offense, defense, and you have no idea who is about to, to win the match. And the only thing I was surprised about yesterday was that Alcaraz looked like he didn't have any more gas in the tank yeah. and going for the US Open where you're like he this guy doesn't run out of gas he just keeps going and going five setters doesn't matter he can play ten sets and yesterday for the first time I saw a match where I'm like wow he's human he actually I mean level was incredible but he is human so that was good to see I like to feel a little bit better about myself as well <laughs> but that was I mean unbelievable we'll see a lot of these uh, epic matches in the future and it's so good to see that tennis men's tennis is in great hands moving forward a couple of things that come to mind when you talk about both these players one it really seems that they're elevating each other to new heights I mean after that match at the US Open it seems Sinner has really made some noted improvements in his game I mean he had to rise to this unbelievable level to even have this shot and now don't you believe that Alcaraz is gonna go and say you know how good Sinner is he's gonna have to step up and that's how we get to these elevated levels and the other thing the manner in which they all competed totally. out there. Totally. At the end, Alcara is saying, go for it, I'm rooting for you. It's it's so special, and it seemed like they were both very appreciative, which is hard to do in the moment, of being a part of such art. We, we wondered if we would have gentlemen follow in the footsteps of the three great players we have at the top of the game now. It does seem that we're going to get that in this next generation. And so we have the final setup tomorrow on the Med side, which will be Sinner against Medvedev. Here's the FanDuel match preview. Uh, they believe that Medvedev is a favorite at minus 144 which makes him about a 56% favorite to win over under set at two and a half sets for Medvedev. All five meetings have gone Medvedev's way. 
Is Sinner ready to flip that around, P? I think so. I mean, I think the biggest factor that got him over the line against Alcaraz was that belief. I think he's worked on that a lot, and he's the kind of kid that, regardless of the head-to-head, -head, he truly believes he can win when he steps on the court. So I actually like him. It seems like a pretty pick a match over there, but just the way Sinner's playing, even though he's playing against a guy that has barely lost in the last two and a half months, I think I'm going to go with Sinner. Wow. I think that's a big call. It's, yeah. I, um... Then I'll go with Medvedev. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I'll do that only because, I mean, he has also been on fire. He's been playing five weeks, five finals. He is on fire. He has believed in himself. I feel like he's had a little bit of an easier road to the finals. I feel like he's going to be fresh. He's going to feel like he's the, he has more experience in these big moments. And that's the only reason that I am going to go with Medvedev. Sinner had a huge match that I think took a big emotional toll and a physical toll. Obviously, they have a day off today. But still, I think it just takes a little time to really mentally get over a match like that. Medvedev has won 23 of his last 24 matches. The only loss last week in the Indian Wells final against Alcaraz, the difference there being the court was super for slow and Medvedev made it very clear that he did not like the court pace, didn't like it a lot. This court is lightning fast. Caro, is he going to like these conditions in this match? Oh, for sure. I mean, this is much better conditions for both of these players, actually. They both play very flat. They move around the court very well. I think Medvedev is sneakily extremely fast. He doesn't look it, but he is everywhere. And I think he's going to force Sinner to really hit that extra ball or two. And again, the question is, can he stay really focused for the fifth, sixth, seventh shot that he has to hit perfect. Right. All right. Uh, so that is our FanDuel match preview. Don't forget right now, FanDuel is giving all new users uh, 10 times your first bet in bonus bets up to $200. Win or lose, download the FanDuel Sportsbook app now and start making every moment more. We are moments away from the women's final. We'll show you the trophy presentation for the doubles as Roger Vaslan and Gonzalez will lift the trophy here in Miami. Much more on TC Live. Tennis Channel Live continues on this Saturday afternoon. You saw the doubles final men's style live on Tennis Channel earlier. Not uh, a volley that Austin Krychek will remember. No, but a, but a spectacular win to a spectacular week. Gonzalez and Roger Vaslin have had a good year so far, 15 and 6 on the year, already won a title in Marseille. And they've had some pretty good wins this week. They've got world number one, Kulhoff and Skubski, as well as Kabal Farah. Weird for Roger Vaslin and Mahu to be on opposite sides of the net. They've been partners for so long and deep into their careers. They now oppose each other in a big time final. Congratulations to ERV and Santi Gonzalez. Here's your Conrad Hotels tournament summary. Rabakina and Kvitova playing for the third time. They split the first two meetings. Rabakina will move up to number six. It'll be a career high for her if she wins the title and also complete the Sunshine Double. Kvitova can move back into the top ten if she wins for the first time in two years. And so as we get ready for this final, uh, more thoughts on it. Sunshine Double has only been accomplished by four women in history. Uh, Steffi did it twice. Vika did it once. Sviantek did it last year. Kim Kleisters did it. Why is this double caro so complicated to pull off? 
I think it's so complicated because not only do you start in California where the conditions are slowed, it's a high bounce, you're going to get longer rallies, you have a day in between, obviously it's the top players coming to play. Then you fly all the way over to Miami, there's a big time change, so you're going to be tired, you're going to have to play again against the top players in the world. It's completely different conditions, it's muggy, it's hot, it's a faster court. And eventually, during this tournament, normally people hit the wall, whether it's the quarterfinals, semifinals, whatever it is, you just emotionally, you're just drained and spent. And that's where when you're playing the top players, you've got to be at 100%. And that's why not more players have done that. And 12 times on the men's side, a little more frequent, but just five times four women have done the double. Rabakina, according to Caro, is the best player in the world right now. However, she had a very close call against Bedosa in this tournament, had to save match points. When you come through something like that, does it make you more tense or does it free you up emotionally going forward? I think emotionally she's been she's been pretty good. Let's not forget those first couple of matches, she struggled here. Yeah. She, she said exactly what Caro said, coming over, adjusting to the time zone and so forth. It's a lot on the body. She didn't have too much time to recover. So, But after she squeezed through that one, particularly that Bedosa match, she has, she has really stepped it up. I mean, she's looked really clean in the next two matches. And then that one against Pagula to be able to get out in straight sets, I think was huge for her. If she keeps up her level of tennis, I just think her high level is at this moment better than Petra's high level. You've played Kvitova a bunch of times, Caro. She, she didn't always like the conditions in North America on the hard court. She's talked about having breathing problems over the years. Doesn't really like the atmosphere here. What's the hardest part about playing her on a fast court like this? Well, I think her serve is huge. She has that lefty serve that has won her a lot of points yeah. over the years. And then she likes to go out wide on the ad side and go down the line with her forehand. She, that's her bread and butter. She's won Wimbledon with that. She likes to play on fast courts with that. But the problem for her here is the heat. With having asthma, with even with her improved fitness that she's shown over these last months, I still think this is not her favorite conditions. They're playing in the middle of the day when it's the hottest, Miami, muggy. It's just not going to help her to really want it to stay in the rally. So for me, that's going to be a big test for her going out there today, knowing if Rybakina can stay and keep her moving, I don't know, what is Kvitova going to do? Yep. Kvitova making the walk towards the tunnel. Um, she's been very emotionally charged up when she's won points and games and sets in this tournament. For a woman who's got Hall of Fame credentials, who's won a couple of Wimbledon titles and is now 33 years old, it's almost been pleasantly surprising to see her so motivated about and it's a big tournament, but it's not close to the biggest tournament she's ever competed for. No, but I, I think it's worth noting also, you know, what, what Kvitova went through not too long ago for us with that, with that break-in and, and the stabbing of her hand. And, you know, you just go through so much things emotionally as a person. I feel like when you get back to competing for these kind of titles and, and 1,000s and Grand Slams, there's just a different kind of appreciation for every single moment and investment as well. You know these things don't last forever. Life is so fragile. Anything can happen. So she's really savoring the moment. And it's, it's been magnificent for us to see that. All right, tactically, as we get down to our final minute before the walks, what do you want to see from each player that's going to suggest they've got the right game plan deployed today? Well, if we start with, they're really going to have similar game plans. Um, if we start with Rybakina, she's going to have to serve well and return well. Those are the two most important yeah. things. Um, she wants to go in and step in immediately. She's not the best mover, but when she is the one dictating points, she is so difficult to beat. She has heavy shots. When it comes to Kvitova, at times, this tournament, her second serve has become a little wobbly, and she needs to make sure she gets first and second serves, and she can't give away, give away free points because that's where Rybakina 
jumps on her opponent immediately. So that's kind of where I think both players' keys are. Come down uh, to first strike tennis, right? I mean, when you do get those occasional opportunities on a second serve, like Carol pointed out, when your opponent can really step up and strike that, are you going to crumble? Are you going to start going for a little bit too much on your serve, start serving a little worse? So I think whoever's holding the pressure is going to have a great shot. 13th appearance for Kvitova at Miami. Had never even made the semifinals before. Now in her first final here and with a chance to lift her 30th career singles trophy. Ladies and gentlemen, from Kazakhstan, please welcome Elena Rybakina. Wimbledon champion, Australian Open runner-up, chance to move up to a career-high number six in the world. What a final we've got in store for you. Lindsay Davenport and Mark Pesci will have the call live on Tennis Channel right after this.